Here we go. Such prima donnas. <laughs> Welcome to episode number eight of the Crossroom Podcast, the entertainment podcast hosted by CRR Gaming Group members. Today is April 26, 2018. You can reach the show by emailing CrossroomRebellion at gmail.com. You can tweet the show at CrossroomPod on Twitter. You can grab the RSS feed, get our show notes, and leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash Podcast and apply to join us in-game at CrossroomRebellion.com. And uh, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Esmeralda Sky. And full render. You want to say hey? I was going to say hey, but I was waiting for Blue. He really dropped never, the ball. Dude. I know. He you really dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> I mean, but Blue's ahead of me, so. No, I don't go in order, okay? Uh -oh. I was wait, I'm, I'm going by alphabetical Blue. order. Okay? <laughs> This wasn't alphabetical from the I, start. Well, it should have been. Okay. Well, I'm you blue, so hey, now. hey. <laughs> then Esme, then me. Oh, okay. Put me in, coach. Okay, well, we've got a G in here somewhere, so let's get back on track. I, I think we well, introduced I, ourselves. I oh, no. <laughs> said it real fast and nobody heard him because we were yeah, all talking I over him. him for I didn't sure. say a word. And uh, I'm I'm the slightly sick Electron. Um, we're just gonna call you the Waffle Man, oh and not because of the other reasons why people are called the Waffle Man. We're gonna all call right. you Tootie Magooty. <laughs> so Electron has informed us that he ate a questionable chicken and waffle sandwich at the movie theater, watching. Well, I'm we're gonna just speed ahead for your section in case. Okay, you have to sounds step away. good. I'll go ahead. Can I just it. can I, uh, I just I interject one thing one real quick? Um, Hold on. No, Hold you're on. not. We don't have Hold up, just one interjection, yet. one interjection. Damn it. I don't ever think it's okay to eat poultry at a movie theater. <laughs> you, I'm just saying that. After tonight, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there, okay? I'm, Carry on. I am, I am very much in agreement with you after this evening. <laughs> Boy. Poor guy. Anyway. Yeah, um, that's what so you get for I, waffling. Uh, went to see Ready Player One tonight, which, by the way, I thought was a pretty great movie. It, it wasn't like, you know, in my top ten or anything, probably, but it was it was a good movie. Um and this is as someone who's actually read the book too, so maybe maybe oh, that gives okay. my opinion some weight. I don't know. Uh, it, although it has been a couple years since I read the book. Was it better than the Lord of the Rings trilogy? No, of course not. Like so I said, I, it wasn't top ten or anything. Gotcha. Did, did was you... it better than Labyrinth? Oh Lord, Labyrinth is a classic. I haven't watched Labyrinth. No. What? Oh, you're missing out. Yeah, I know. I'm, you need I'm, to watch I'm, I'm an uncultured swine. Um, Was it better anyway. than the Dark hey, Crystal? Let him tell his story before he vomits <laughs> so, on all of us. I have to ask, what, what were your expectations going, going into that movie? I didn't. I didn't have any huge expectations. I, I feel like I've gotten better at tempering my expectations for movies. Um, That's good. You know, so was well, so well, anybody outside to... boycotting like any player twos? boycotting outside <laughs> oh my god i don't you, think so but uh, you. you know infinity war is starting up tonight so we it was me a couple of my friends from work uh one of the guys girlfriends and then there was just a couple other people in the row behind us and that theater was empty because i think everyone else was going to see avengers infinity war. the good movie yes they were um which you know we took advantage of because we're going to see infinity war at some point but 
Uh, that for me would have been a double dip. Ready player one. I would have been like walking out of Ready Player One <laughs> and a little turn right into Infinity War. <laughs> uh, the thing is, it was reserved seats, unfortunately. So uh, there would have reserved been for me nowhere to sit. Anywho, so um, I thought it was pretty good. It was a good if you if you like anything about video games or um, you know virtual reality or eighties. 80s and 90s anything pretty much or or even modern stuff you know there's all sorts of references and things like that um but uh yeah i thought i thought it was an interesting and it's a steven spielberg movie so you know it was it was impressive uh visually uh, for sure like you know i, I wasn't disappointed uh, i was I it better than et I don't, I'd spend years since I've seen E.T. Man, but I, I wouldn't say it was better than E.T. Probably no, dude. You you got to stop asking me this. I said it was not in my top ten, but it's not like even anywhere close to the bottom ten. So it might be might be in the top fifty, and that's I mean you know whatever. So I'm better not than Tron. Go into this too much. Better um, than Tron. I don't know, man. Okay. I don't, I don't, not, I don't have so Tron was way better. I couldn't give here. you advice not to eat the chicken waffle sandwich, but I'm going to give you some advice now. Mute foe. And then continue to explain him, this, going to see Ready Player One, I decided I was hungry because I had to go straight from work um, because work has been crazy this week. And um, uh, they had this chicken and waffles sandwich and i was like okay that sounds interesting and it tasted pretty good and the curly fries were pretty good and the cookie was pretty good but all that in my stomach right now is just not not treating me well yeah so we'll we'll see player two we'll see if i uh survive the night um so the last (laughs) thing that i will probably say for a while uh is that i also bought near automata um my birthday was a couple weeks ago and you know grandparents sent money and so they were like buy something and i was like okay i'll buy something and, um uh, oh by the way i will say this uh the playstation store has uh what they're calling the golden week sale going on right now so there are some some pretty interesting Sweet. deals on Sweet. right now throughout uh, a few days into may something like that so you've You've got a few days, even if uh, Esme doesn't get the show out for a couple days after we record. Um, that never happens. In fact, let me look this up. Uh, <laughs> this week it did. PlayStation.com. The Golden Week sale is active through uh, Mar- uh, Sorry, May. What month is it? May eighth at eight a.m. Pacific time. So you've got until noon Eastern time on. Uh, not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday to take advantage of some of these deals. So they've got a, you know, a lot of cool stuff in here. Persona 5's on sale. Um, blah, blah, blah. Monster Hunter World's on sale. Got some fighting games and stuff on sale. Um, I don't know if it's part of the sale, but I bought uh, Final Fantasy 15 and Near Automata as well. Um those are those are the two things I bought with the money my grandparents got me. So awesome. Um, I played a little bit of Near Automata. I went through like the first sequence that they have there, and it was really interesting. If if you guys don't know anything, uh, do you guys know anything about the game? Have you heard about it? No, I'm looking at the website right now, and it's weird because it doesn't have an about section. It has like trailers, characters, world, battle, story, gallery right. system, but it doesn't like have a a general 
description and like the type of game it is. So. Yeah. Well, so so that is interesting. Basically, um, it is an actiony type of game. It's kind of a mix up between uh, a bullet hell shoot 'em up, um, and you know a hack and slash action game. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. Uh, again, I've only played like 20 minutes of it, but you know, so, you know, I started downloading it yesterday, you know, those times, um, on the PS4 specifically where you can download it up to a certain point and you can play part of the game and it'll keep downloading while you're playing that part of the game. Yes. Anyway. So, um, so this near automata has that. And I played through the part last night where you can play with that first partial download. And and uh, it it, it uh, you know that sequence that part of the sequence ended in a good place but it was it was like it was all very cliffhangery I was like <gasps> so the demo here? the demo actually worked right what do you mean the demo right you said you downloaded like the the taster type thing well or? so basically yeah. it's just like it I bought the whole game oh okay but it lets you play up to a certain point before the game is fully downloaded right so okay. it downloads apart and you can so if that yeah sure i don't know it might i don't know what yeah, the demo it itself actually contains but demo now so you can like play the demo yeah so. so there's a demo you can play as well i don't know if the content in the demo is different from the first sequence that i played there oh, um okay. but basically yeah you you there's it's about a 20 minute segment where you kind of get introduced to the main character and a little bit about what's going on like while you're doing things obviously like you're thrown into a situation you've got to fight things and um the interesting thing about it is that the camera perspective keeps changing and how you fight and what you do changes based on what the camera perspective is so um not being too spoiler or anything you start out in kind of like a um like a mech suit type thing flying around as you're going you know you're flying across the surface of this planet or whatever and um like any shoot 'em up game you are basically you've got a whole bunch of bullets flying around and you're shooting enemies and stuff like this um and you're shooting you're only shooting straight forward at this point and then the and it's kind of top down at an angle type of thing and then you know you go through like a transformation thing where it turns into like you know, goes from like flight mode in your mech to like mech, like what you expect of a mech, um, you know, arms, legs, head type thing, um, a gun you shoot. And uh, it kind of changes camera view and it changes controls a little bit so that you're not just shooting in one direction, but it turns into like a twin stick shooter type thing where you uh, use your right stick to aim where you're firing and your left stick to move around and stuff and you've got to dodge the dodge bullets and shoot stuff and then you land on a platform or whatever and you're not in the mech anymore and um so you're just playing as kind of like a hack and slash um type thing and you still have a a, a gun type thing that you can shoot with uh it's like a, a little thing that floats around and follows you and um, will shoot bullets so you can be holding down the button to shoot that while all the all at the same time you're um, hitting enemies with the swords that you have and stuff like that it's it's pretty interesting and i think this story is going to be really interesting too i think cricket mentioned last week when we spoke briefly i don't know if this is while we were recording or if we were just talking about it but uh basically uh, it's a game where 
you don't learn everything the first time you play through. You're actually supposed to play through it like three times to get the full story of what's going on. Oh, okay. How so, much was this game? Uh, it is on sale right now for thirty dollars, twenty nine ninety nine. So it's half off right now. Okay, that's cool. Um, I also bought Final Fantasy fifteen, which I haven't played any of yet, but I've seen. I, I played the demo, um, a couple different demos actually, and, um, and it was funny because I had like two different versions of it in my PlayStation wish list, and. Um, there used to be like different editions with different content and stuff. And now um, they have this thing called the Royal Edition, which has the base game and has all the DLC and all this stuff, right? Uh, you know, so I, I like it when stuff like that happens because you're rewarded for waiting, <laughs> you know, because right. basically you can get everything at a steeply discounted price. I got it for like $34. Okay. Um, for for the entire thing, um, and but it was funny because I had had a couple different editions in my wish list, and I looked through my wish list as I was buying this. And I was like, wait, why is this royal edition in all in both spots that I had put it in, along with I just you know me just adding is it. like, well, uh, instead of being jerks and letting you buy <laughs> different editions, they just have the one edition at a, at a cheaper price than it would have been to buy everything separately. Um, so they, they just have the Royal edition for a digital download now, and that's what you can buy for it. Okay. You know, so I thought it was cool that they, yeah, they that just cool. packaged it all together and have it at a discounted price. And they're like, just, Hey, that's here it is. Good if, you had the, that. if you had the other thing, you know, the other editions in your wish list, well, here's something better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, that's always awesome when they do stuff like that. Yep. So I, I was, I was pretty impressed with that actually. Cool. Uh, I'm awesome. feeling a little better, but I will pass it on. <laughs> okay, Giga. You wanted to hop on up because you said you might have to uh, cut out early? Yeah, no, I forgot it was family game night. Oh. Oh, hey. Well, so you got, you got some incursions to talk I, I about. Can't really get out, I can't really get out of that. No. Wouldn't want so, to, man. So How would you want to get out of it? Before you start talking about giving people their torpedo... Um, have you played Ark at all since I've been busy this week, so I haven't got to talk to you if you ever made it back into Ark? I did, but like, for some reason my mods are all screwed up, so I can't uh -huh. get into any servers, so I've been playing single player. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, is that fun, sucks when that but happens. also boring. Yeah, it is boring. <laughs> I've, I've mainly been trying to figure out, like, been mainly trying to figure out how to get my mods fixed. Right. The only thing we've ever figured out to do is just completely remove everything and unsubscribe from everything. And then even if we did the remove thing through Steam, there's still like residual files for some reason. So you have to go in to actually your Steam folder and your Arc folder and just wipe. It's, it's a it's cluster. It's ridiculous. It is. They definitely don't make it easy on us. I've never had any problems with Arc until I uh, uninstalled it and reinstalled it. Yeah. And now I'm having every problem in the book. I think Foe's been on your boat. <laughs> so, and I know I think I have at least once. Word. <laughs> I can't even, like, I can't even get the mods I have installed in single player to work. Uh-huh. They don't even This whole week me. I've been having a hard time. Like, I've been crashing in the, in the RP server like crazy. That is ridiculous. I haven't even gotten onto the RP server. That is crazy. And I was so mad because the other night it was working just fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's always so finicky. But your incursions, you're still in love with Eve. Are you? Are you guys still in love? Oh, I that's mean, what you meant by incursion. 
Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant Killing Floor, the new expansion for that from oh. for Killing Floor. It's called no, Incursion. No, whenever it says Incursions, that's his just Yeah, I'm looking for the, lingo. Uh, I'm looking for the Gotcha. page on it. That's not the one designed for teaching people. Because there's two. There's one for Well you like, look, I'll try to catch yeah. people up on the saga, only from what I understood in Discord, is our Mr. Gigabyte is still getting um uh, try, people are trying to sweet talk you in from leaving Eve Online University. Is that what it is? To go join the this hustler group because they're like so because you're so much better at being a douche and they could really use your magical powers, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, just uh, that's some just old my skimming. Friend, <laughs> some old friends are trying to lure me into <laughs> yeah, uh, they're like yeah. joining them. Yeah, because you're so of, good at being slick when it comes. Nah, to, I'm so yeah. good at aggressively talking mess. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yes, that's where the douche word came from. <laughs> They're like, we recognize your magical powers and we want to better Because, like, the Discord we're all in is the one place that, uh, or the one Eve related place where I'm not a nice person. Uh huh. And so they laugh their ass off because I'm in the nicest corporation there is. Okay. Or at least one of nicest. And they think it's hilarious because I'm not a nice person in Eve. Right. But I mean, so they're they get all to see like, your dark side. They're all like hardcore PvP guys. I'm not as hardcore a PvP guy. Right. I'm you not do into do it. a good. You do do really good at firing people up and being a good like, like how you've done when we've done any PvP faux sciences. You go over there and talk so much crap and keep them busy looking for you. Well, I'm not a bad fleet <laughs> commander. Okay. From what, I, from what I've seen. I'm You've not done pretty good. super good, but that's more of a lack of Eve experience right. than it is. Yeah. Uh, and with that so will come like, with time, you know, the more you get used to it and stuff. Yeah. Get your bearings. That's whatever. Incursions are what I do 90% of the time now anyway. Those are PvE. And you're still welcoming anybody to come and join you in the Eve universe? Oh, yeah, no, I'll totally shoot at you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Tempted murder is the best greeting. He'll ravage <laughs> torpedoes into you. Oh, I don't use many torpedoes anymore. They're too oh, expensive. he's advanced. He's advanced. Well, it's not advanced. It's just I've been doing he's other got things. He's smart because, yeah, it costs you more, you said, so... You kept, like, now like, you don't run out of money anymore, though, right? You were, but now you don't. No, I still run out. It's just I run out of larger amounts. Oh. Buying okay. other things. Okay. Like three days ago, I had almost a billion isk. Now I have about a hundred million because I bought so, myself a new ship. Ooh. So how many ships are you up to now? A lot. I have a lot <laughs> of different ships because, like, <laughs> he's so take vague, for isn't he? All right, take for example my uh, nightmare, which is a battleship a super expensive battleship it's great for running incursions but if i tried to do certain missions with it it'd get blown up in a heartbeat because it's too big and so like you wouldn't try to shoot frigates with a battleship except in very very small circumstances because a frigate is a lot harder to hit than another battleship or a cruiser it's okay. possible <laughs> but bigger isn't always better I agree with that. So, like, for everything example, is circumstantial. Yeah, like if I wanted to do exploring in a wormhole, I wouldn't take a battleship. I'd take a frigate. Right. Whereas incursions, I take a battleship 100% of the time. Is that because that's mainly PVE stuff? I was going to say, can you, can you describe what an incursion in EVE is? I was going to say, I was getting those, to that. Yeah. Basically, there's different systems in EVE, and occasionally one will come under what it's called an incursion, and what that essentially means lore wise 
is this mad dictator from like deep and unsecured space is invading and trying to take over that system and kidnap people for his zombie army. Ah. And mechanically, what that means is it'll replace any pirates that spawn naturally in the uh, area. So, like, in one system, normally you'll get blood raiders will spawn as the NPC pirates, and they'll try to attack you. But instead, you'll get the Sanchas, Nation, whatever, rats, and they are a lot stronger. They're probably the strongest NPC ships that aren't, like, unique that you can come across. And basically the way a system in incursion works is the bounties pay out less, Concord... the Concord response time is slower, but there's different sites that a fleet can go to, and it'll spawn three waves of a bunch of different NPC ships. And once you blow up all three waves, you've completed the site, and it pays you out a mix of money and loyalty points. The loyalty points, I'm pretty sure, are the same, no matter how many people, but the amount of people in the fleet affects how much money each person is paid out. Normally, it's around 10 to 9 million. And so what you'll see in incursions is 10, 7, anywhere from like 5 to 10 people running a mixture of battleships and smaller ships designed for healing the battleships. And they'll go from different site to site in an incursion system, doing completing the different sites, killing all the NPCs and stuff, and it makes you a fair amount of money. So does the amount of money you make go up with the more people you have, or does it go Less. down with the more I- people? I'm trying to find the exact chart. Like, there's an exact chart that shows it. But I'm pretty sure it goes up. Okay, here it is. It goes up for a little bit. And then once you hit, like, the certain sweet spot that they want you to actually run it in, once you hit that, the higher it goes, the less you get. So it kind of plateaus and then drops. Yeah. So, like, I think the sweet spot to get the most is around 9 or 10 people. Usually it boils down to, like, seven ships running damage, so there'll be different battleships. And then you'll have two Lodgy ships, which are basically healers. And then you'll have a ship that provides boosts. And so what you, generally So your buffer is, healers and your, your DPS and tanks. Basically, yeah. And so the it's way like it a work typical is, MMO, kind of? Yeah, think of them, like, as raids, basically. But the typical strategy that our fleet uses is we'll have the battleships warp in first, and then the Lodgy, and we call it the Drone Bunny because it's the ship that provides the boost, but everybody assigns their drones to follow that person's orders. So you'll have the battleships all shooting their targets, and then we'll each have our five drones out, but our drones will be technically assigned to one person. So as he selects targets for his drones, our drones will also attack that target. So you'll have one dude controlling, like, 30 drones. I don't know why, but I'm totally getting, like, a a StarCraft uh, thing in my head. You guys remember that big old ship in StarCraft where it just sent out all those little drones and it just destroyed things? I've always wondered if StarCraft and EVE were at all alike, at all. I I can tell. StarCraft more just NPC? No. Well, I think there'd be... Yeah, there's player versus player because they do actual... Yeah, it's it's a real-time strategy game, isn't it? Yeah, it's RTS. It's not. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So typically, what'll happen is I get I don't know how they figured it out. They know more about it than I do. But all of the NPCs will typically focus fire on one battleship, so it makes it really easy because that one person will call for shields, and the two ships that are healing will be able to just put their ship, their healing, on that one ship. So you nobody really has to worry about dying. 
So that's why you'll see ships that are worth like four or five billion. If somebody's been doing it a long time, they'll have a ridiculously expensive ship that is just designed purely for doing incursions. Oh, if you took okay. it outside of that context and took it away from its fleet support, it'd be a super easy target. Ah. Now, when you take out someone's battleship, do you message them saying, I sunk your battleship? Nah. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I know, right, mean the like, shit out of that. There's other things you say, depending on who like... you're affiliated with. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. That was actually, like, the... the that, that was perfect, <laughs> You're just I was gonna it. say, to give you an idea, I don't fight a lot of battleships owned by other players. I got you. Sounds like more of a World of Warships joke. So, this is cool. So, how long have you been playing Eve? If you can remember, like, how many months have you been playing? Uh, since like October of last year. Oh, Not okay. sure exactly how long that is. A while now. So, and it's still just as exciting for you? Yeah, it's almost like it's a good game. That's awesome. Almost. Not quite, but almost. I mean, <laughs> you just you gotta know how to find your own entertainment. Yeah, like with anything, really. You can't just expect the uh, can't just expect the game to play for you. That I mean, exactly they try. It. There's this whole back. thing. You have to go out and find it. Yeah, there's this whole thing called the agency that uh, if you pull it up, it'll show you, hey, here's asteroids you could go mine, or hey, here's that's cool. All this, all that. But that's cool. It's garbage. From what I've heard on Reddit, it's absolutely garbage. So you've never even tried it? Like, you've been playing the song, you've never I've even used checked it, it out? But I've only oh. used it to check on, like, incursions and stuff to oh, see okay. when they're breaking down. Uh-huh. Because I'm in a corporation, I usually get information before... I, I can get information when I'm not even on EVE. Okay. Like, I've got an app on my phone, so whatever an incursion is broken, is what they call it. Uh-huh. It's done. It's over. There's going to be a new one that we have to move to. I'll know as soon as it breaks, because somebody will send out a mail saying, okay, here's where the next one is. Go here. So, I generally don't use it, and from what I've heard, a lot of people who are experienced don't use it, because you just you know already what you're doing and where you're going to do it. But for people who are brand new to the game, it's pretty good. Not perfect, though. Could be better. Okay. So, how is this event planning thing that you got going going? I <laughs> have actually, done absolutely have... nothing. You're such a jackass! <laughs> well, it's like, jackass. I've been sick, and I've been planning an event, but I've also was sick for, like, a, the week I was going to do it. And they I was haven't gonna... even said, yo, dude... We, got, we hired you as an event planner, and you've not even... You have well, it's volunteer anything. work. And I've helped well, out I mean, a little yeah. bit. I've helped out with a little bit of other stuff, but... Wait, it's volunteer work, and they interviewed you for yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Well, you want to know somebody's not going to be, you know, someone who never does anything. You want to know that. You gotta, <laughs> it's, they interview you for it more to make sure that you're actually capable of doing it. Hmm. Because like you're running events Is and you get true? access to uh, you get access to like staff parts. Like for example, on Slack, I have I can get into the basically uh, not the event one, but I can get into the staff one, meaning that I can see what the directors are talking about, or I can see what the personnel officers are talking about. So I have. So you've a never little been bit... incited. They haven't been incited on Eve. Oh no, they've been. Oh, you're getting incited, buddy. That happens all the time. I would imagine it have to. It's it's gotten really bad with some I could, people. There's I can been imagine. there's been like actually people who have had they've trusted the wrong person and they log in the next day and their entire corporation's been robbed. 
Dun dun dun! But Eve University is pretty good about stopping that. That's cool. Like if I wanted to, st like if I took everything that I had access to right now, I'd probably get about maybe a billion if I'm lucky. That's is that a generously. lot in the game or no? It's a lot, but it's also not enough to be worth completely fucking ruining my reputation. Right. Because like if you do that in a big corporation, people know who you are. Like your name gets passed around like on Reddit. So the next time you try to do anything, they're going to be like, wait a minute, didn't you steal from these people? And like, if you wanted to go around that, they would just like buy another game or not and then like make another Steam. How would that work? Because I'm sure people have had to recreate themselves. Well, most people, most corporations require you to give them an API key, which essentially is your way of saying, okay, here you go. Here's this much information about my character. You can look at it all you want. And Eve University so like a requires a total one. Yeah, think background check. Oh, so they're they can not just going to give some in. fresh Yeah, they person. can see who you're in, who do you, who are you talking to. Oh. All that. And Eve University knows that they have people spying on them. Like, they know. You think it's a coincidence that somebody declares war on us and then the next day three or four people join? You think yeah. that's a <laughs> random coincidence? Right, right. So crazy. They know that's why it's super limited how much information people get. They could the information they get will never really directly hurt anyone because uh -huh. most of it's already out there. About the only place that I'd say is really selective is the wormhole, the wormhole base, and that's because it's uh, it's in a wormhole, which is a lot harder to live in and a lot more lucrative. So it's, okay. there's more valuable stuff, and so you have to have a higher rank in that. To be able to live there. Wormhole McGee. Yeah, they're actually selective about who they let in. That's good. But everyone they else, would have it's, to be. Yeah, it doesn't happen in Eve University a lot, from what I've heard, though. People trying to steal. Well, what you gotta good. watch out for is pissing off somebody and having your enemy take them. I hear about that all the time. You know, blah, blah, blah is sick of his corporation doing this, and so he steals $300 billion in assets and ditches to some other corporation that wants him. It's so crazy. Sounds like I'm listening to, like, or watching a sci-fi movie. Um, what is that one we always used to watch? Felt like you and I used to watch. Was it, um, like, on sci-fi? What was it? It wasn't... Oh, Dark Matter, I used to talk about all the time. But you used to watch the one with the chick who was the bounty yes, hunter. Yes, Dark Matter and, and they Killjoys. Quit, they, yeah, Killjoys. Like, it reminds me a lot. When he talks about Eve, I just constantly picture, like, Dark Matter and Killjoys. Because I remember... You and I used to watch that. And I think they quit Dark Matter, didn't they? Like, it really pissed me off. Like, we were waiting for them to bring them back, and I don't know if they are, or if they didn't, or they won't. What, Killjoys? No, the Dark Matter. Like, I don't think they re-upped it. That I know oh, of. I'm not sure. I, I know it's on Netflix now. Yeah. I know I just saw that, too. I was like, ah, oh, crazy. All right. Are you ready to hand it over to Mr. Blue? Yeah, pretty much. Is your family poking you to do family yeah, game night? Yeah, they are. Or... Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to have to ditch. I'll see you all, all later. All right. See you later. Thanks for coming, Giga. All right. You sunk my battleship. Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> the more you talk about it, the more I just keep thinking of uh, artificial. Just saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Real quick, I should say. Don't think that you can hop into Eve and try out incursions. It's the high-level thing. You need about a month of in-game skill training before you'll have okay. all the skills to do it. Okay. That is a good thing to add for people who are interested yeah, in Eve or so checking it out. If you're thinking of trying it, it's high-level PvP. I want to jump on Eve, and in two days I want to be running incursions on the reg. You got money? 
your no. money. Because, I mean, if you got enough money, there's people that sell skill injectors. You could do it that way. You want to buy from them, but they're, uh, I don't know. It's not worth it. Stream <laughs> skills. Like, a friend of mine is mad at me. A friend of mine is mad at me because she wanted to come play Eve with me. And she wanted to help me with incursions, and I had to explain to her that it's not something she can do. Aww. He was like, nah, nah, I'm good, I'm good, I can do it. And I was like, no, you literally cannot do it. It is impossible. So is this one of those things, if you're in deep space and one of these incursions pop off, you better run the fuck out? Um, it's more of, uh, if it's in your area, it's generally a little inconvenient. Like, it's not gonna ruin you, but it is gonna make life... Like, say you hunt NPC pirates. It's gonna make your life a little harder. Because the bounties aren't gonna be as good for harder enemies. And mining well, is going to be a suck. little more dangerous. It's your your home is getting invaded by a psychopathic space dictator. Okay. That's it that's how that of, goes. Yeah. Luckily so you for could you, be low level and it would just happen cuz it's like a random thing. It's random. Yeah. It's ra- syst- any system can be affected. Although well, there's different cool, types. That's kind of cool though. It spices things up. Yeah, it's it's not like like you're not going to get hunted down by NPC incursion pirates. It's just randomly it's, going to boop. It's just, if you're not, it makes, you have to be a little bit more careful than normal, be the way I'd say it. Uh-huh. And usually, you won't have to worry about it, because incursions don't last more than a couple days. Oh, so they but, stick around for a little bit. Well, the reason, they stick around a lot longer naturally, but when you have three or four different communities dedicated to running incursions, and they're running the incursion, it, well, technically, an incursion doesn't affect a system. Actually, I should mention that. It affects a region, which is multiple systems. So... Now, fuck you, cool, Blue. Cool, cool. <laughs> but, uh... What is she saying? Oh, but, um, yeah, because you, yeah. you said we keep reeling him back in, talking about yeah. Eve. <laughs> Long story short, it's going to affect your region, and it'll affect your gameplay a little bit, but not enough to really... You'll notice a lot, some cool ships coming in. Okay. Will be the biggest thing. You'll notice a lot more people in big, fancy battleships, usually the pirate ones, not the, uh... Not the Tech 1 versions, the sh- bad ones. You'll see a lot of pirate faction battleships, which are more expensive, more more useful, I'd say. Uh-huh. Because, cool. I don't know, I'm gonna, I'll go into pirate ships next time. Oh, right. Because well, that's get, a whole other tangent. I'm out. You get to your family yeah. game nights. Y'all yeah, have for, fun. You for the last five minutes, shit. all I've been doing is saying, like, a single <laughs> sentence to see what you'd say. <laughs> just nah, to, nah, just to out, get I'm you out. going again. Nah, I'm out. <laughs> you had the blue incursion. <laughs> All right, Blue, uh, it's your turn. What have you been up to? All right, so lately all I've been really doing is playing um, the ARC RP, and I've only had, like, I don't know, maybe, like, one or two hours each night to play, just the way things have been working out at home. Yeah, me too, ma'am. So I haven't less than that. Yeah, I haven't done a lot, and I haven't really ran across any more new RP events. Um, I do see that they're holding events, like, every other, like, every couple nights but they're, they're just sporadic. I see, like, in the channel, they announce, hey, we are getting... They did some jousting thing, or they did... Like, yeah. they've been trying to hold events, but it's never when I can do them. Only thing about like, that server is they reset it way too much. I don't understand oh, what's up with that. the dang like, time. A gazillion times. Like, and I think we, that's what maybe they corrupted something, because I was on there just fine. Now, every time I log in, after five minutes, it actually crashes ARC. And it like shuts it's my so screen off. For me. It's, really it's crazy. Maybe we should try the other server just to see, like, you know, compare the two experiences. Um, that, that could we be got, a thing. you know, huh? That could be a thing. 
Yeah, we could compare the two because these guys are so lax. And I've never, like you said, never experienced having a freaking server reset so much. It's crazy. Well, it seems like it goes down like twice a day. And they're yeah, updating that's... something constantly. And it's like, well, I, I never had this problem when Fell was on. No. Well, none of, and even when Fell and I ran servers, it wasn't... We weren't like, hey, we gotta do it up, down, up, down, up. I don't understand that. Why are they messing around with so much stuff all the time? Yeah, and, and a lot of the events like you were talking about, they're just, they're never at a convenient time. They, they, and we said something about this in their forums, and they, their response was basically they were trying to make it fair for both um, the, the BC guys and the Americans. Like, it's just, they were just trying to balance the time zones. Oh, okay. And it's just, it's unfortunate because it doesn't work for people who work. Yeah, but, it doesn't. But, I mean, the events that they do host have been it's cool interesting it. sounding. Yeah, see, I think, and I don't think Cricket's got to join in either. Cricket couldn't be on the show tonight. He's going camping um, with the Boy Scouts all weekend. So, but he he's even mentioned, like, there's been stuff that they've announced, but he hasn't got to join in yet. Yeah, like, there was one event where you needed a team of three people, but he was the only one that could get on at the time, so he missed yeah. that. Yeah. Um, they did some underwater maze that sounded super cool. Right. But I was at work when that happened, so I missed that. I mean, it, but I'll give them, I'll give them props for the fact that they're they're trying to run server events and keep things yeah, interesting. Yeah. I feel the same. I did get scolded a little bit, not not seriously for asking a question in general chat like uh-huh. the the world or the world the general chat just blew up look in discord use a uh, general chat for rp I'm like ooh, my bad my bad <laughs> which is not fair to be honest because they've been doing it themselves like well they have rules where you gotta like think it's like double slash before you type something and that's supposed to mean that you're out of character I oh, think. see, I didn't even catch that. I I been haven't got to play all week until last night, so I didn't even like. I wondered why everybody was typing slash slash. I thought it was because they were stupid and couldn't join tribe chat. <laughs> 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 I well, everybody a bunch of morons. It's like you're so know, stupid. You, you don't even know how to join chat. <laughs> I mean, you're not far off, but. <laughs> Because we've seen it happen so much. I'm like, something weird has happened while I've been, like, gone over the last couple days. Was like, why is everybody putting slash slash? And then a bunch of stuff. That's weird. Yeah, I had a little fun with the cliff platform, but I think I'll go, I'll save that for uh, Rated Arc. So, there was, um, yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been different. Um, wish I got a little bit more RP, but that's the other thing people are complaining about. There's not enough RP going on because nobody can find each other. Well, and that's the problem we found out when we picked the Mortem 2 Pie map, um, when we tried it with our Crossroad Rebellion um, gaming group, was it was so... (laughs) It was such a water-laden map, and it was so big in that way that it was hard to connect. So I did notice that we have a new member. Not a new member, like a new neighbor. I think Grim... The guy that, or the character that I ran into yesterday, um, he was taming an Argent. And then some douche canoe. I know, I know that they were up to no good. I saw them, these numbers come on our, um, on my screen. I was down in the little stream behind our base and I saw this, uh, the Spino. 
and come up to the wyverns that Cricket had out front, or we had parked out front of our gate, and all of a sudden it was like 3,000 damage number came up. And I was like, what the hell? I ran out, and it was some dude on a spino biting the wyvern. And I was like, what's that all? So then he saw me, and he took off on his freaking spino down the way. So I'm like, oh, shenanigans. So then I built, I started working on a wyvern barn. To get Did him he up. not, like, try and RP with you at all or anything? Not at all. I was inside the base, and I don't even know if he knew I was on, because then all of a sudden I saw the, th- the 3,000 damage number fly up because I was close enough. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is going on? And then I just ran out, and then I saw him run away. But that wasn't the grim guy. That was some other rando. I don't know who they were. I didn't get, a, I didn't get my spyglass out i didn't have it on me at the time so by the time i ran back to get it he was out i didn't know where he went but then um i noticed that we have had uh grim move closer so i think it's to help facilitate rp (laughs) because grim didn't used to live just down the way from where i'm trying to build my rock cafe yeah yeah so i thought that was cute so i helped i i did uh, some rp with him yesterday and um we only had enough stuff to make like argent kipple uh, so I made one kibble and I gave it to him because he was taming an argent like right by the right above was the freaking that that art that um carno that um alpha carno that landed on your your water base that you were making which is really cool looking so huh. that's cool but yeah that's interesting of, yeah a lot of <laughs> but I agree it's very spread out there so they were talking about that too about, about how it's been hard to kind of connect because the man yes. ra- people have been talking about it in Discord. So yeah, a lot of people have been discussing it in Discord, um, and all the admins have been telling them is you just got to go out there and look for it. Like you gotta, you gotta try and like they don't want you to force it, but they're kind of telling you to try and force it onto other people. What you mean, like, <laughs> like your situation <laughs> when like, you're stalked across the map? <laughs> right. But so, that was awesome, you know? We, we, yeah, that was hilarious. I guess what they're trying to get at is, like, don't force somebody to RP with you, but you have to kind of make it known. You can't just known. sit at home and wait for people to come find you. Yeah, you gotta, you yeah. gotta make yourself known. Like, you gotta go yeah. out of your way and say hi. Yeah, you signed up for RP. My problem is, is when I'm in the middle of a project... <laughs> I'm always like, oh no! Like I Baywatch running back, and I'm like, oh, this is the time somebody's gonna land and want to talk to me, and I'm gonna be like loaded down with everything. But yeah, you definitely have to go out of your way to find it. You wouldn't have to know the name of the guy that you wouldn't know who started attacking the wyvern, do you? Because we can RP the hell out of that and just go wipe him. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It's somebody on the spino, and it was painted like blue and green like they did a paint job on it or mm, gotcha. i didn't get my t- i didn't have my spyglass on me because i just had a bunch of building supplies and i was in cloth gear and i saw the numbers coming up and then i saw them their spinal right chomp chomping at our wyvern so that's why i started to make the wyvern barn the up in the air to get it out of the way so i can't do that yeah no that makes sense i mean oh, we've been like, having oh. We've been having a lot of things drop off the cliff and start eating yes. stuff. Like, I ran outside and there was a Rex munching on one of the dragons. Oh or my one of goodness. the wyverns. And I'm like, what in the heck? I know. <laughs> Talking about getting on that server, I had, like, a nightmare. The other night, I jump on. I'm like, let me start to build us up, like, a nice, like, house. Like, a really nice, big castle-type house, right? Uh-huh. Because we have a large tribe, so... Yeah. 
technically we could have we a castle because castle. I know they were like they don't want certain people not to have a castle if you're like one person, which makes sense. Right. So I get on there and I notice I put all my points because I thought the way the server was set up in a certain way where I didn't have to pump much weight, but I was wrong. So I was going to build and I was weighted down the whole time. So I was like, I got to take a mind wipe. <laughs> so so I get on there. Sorry, I get on there and I mind wipe or try to mind wipe. I'm like, okay, I need crystal because I need rare mushroom, rare flowers. But I was like, wait, there's rare flowers in the swamp area, right? Yeah. So I jump on an RG. I start flying over there. And they, the whole game crashes. Just like I said, game's been crashing. So I sign back on. Sure enough, after I finally load back in, I'm dead. <laughs> so I jump on a... Um, I jump on a one of those birds. What are they called? The, uh, the Tapajaras. I jump on that to go and get my body and get the RG because I had all my ascended armor on. I didn't want to lose it. Uh-huh. So I get on there and I get the RG. I get my body. I come back to base. I'm like, awesome. I'm back to base. I didn't get my rare flowers, so I still can't make my mind wipe. So... I jump on the beaver. I'm like, let me get the beaver and I'll go there because it's right. It's kind of not that far from us. So I go there and as I'm going, la, 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 I get there. I'm thinking I'm okay. I'm thinking the server's not going to crash again. Sure enough, the server crashes just as I'm getting to the swamp. Jeez. So now I die and the beaver dies by a saber tooth. And I sign back in again. I want, I got my body again. Um, the beaver was dead, obviously, so I got the saddle, and I was hanging out back in the base again, and it crashed again. So I was like, you know what? I'm done tonight, obviously. And then five minutes later, uh, Blue signs on. He's like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm like, dude, you just missed me. I was on there, but I kept on crashing. And then he was having a little bit of trouble crashing on that server, too. His graphics card. Yeah. And I And I have to run the server on low. I can't even play on anything else other than low without it lagging so horribly bad. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I've never had this experience on an unofficial server. So and I've know. experienced so many weird things on that server. Like, um, what, there was a day where me and Cricket, we hatched a bunch of uh, uh, wolves. And, sorry, hatched. We raised a bunch of wolves. <laughs> and um, hatched a couple of tappies and I hatched an RG. Because I hadn't really kind of made any personal things yet. And I log in, I think it was the next day, maybe two days later. And there was a Therizino parked outside the base, which I later found out Cricket left it there because he couldn't get in through the gate. Because one of my tappies had moved it over to the gate. Oh, okay. I couldn't find the other tappies. One of them was ran up into a corner, like it just it went there on its own, and then another one was literally outside our base and down the hill. Like it's just a bunch of random things that keep happening. <laughs> weird, so, weird. I, I don't know what's up with that server, but uh, they they definitely keep playing with it. So I mean, hopefully they fix it. Maybe right, hopefully. So you've so, been playing Ark, but then also, what else have you been into? So I've been ever since Foe kind of got us going on his uh, three point five campaign. Uh huh. Uh, it's it, uh, in D everybody. If you don't oh, know what sorry. that is, oh sorry, yeah, in D <laughs> and uh, it really kind of kind of perked my interest. I've always kind of had a, like a closet interest in D and D, but I was always too afraid of that stereotype, so I never dove into it. And uh, after joining Foe's campaign, I joined a, a coworker's campaign, and I've been having a lot of fun on Bulls. 
Um, they're definitely, like, the rule sets are a lot different because uh, with the Foes campaign, we're currently running, what, a 3.5 edition, and then my coworkers is running a 5E. Well, I guess that's 5th edition, right? And uh, so the rules are different. It's just something I'm getting used to. And what we that's were... That's kind of cool, though, but not if you get them confused, but at least you, like, are learning, like, double. You know, you get to learn... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm loving yeah, the heck cool. out of it. Yeah, that's neat. And, like, like foes is more RP-based, which is fun. Yeah. Um, and the one I'm doing with my current coworkers is, uh, he tries to make it RP, but he's very, um, he's very stiff on the rules, so it's hard to get away with certain things. Okay. But, um. Well, it's not, like, it's not... It's not cultivating like a creative kind of a thing. Like it's more, well, it, more it, strict, it, or you can't. I guess is, I don't. Understand. Yeah. But at the same time, like there's certain things he won't let you get away with. Oh, so I, do you have it, any examples? Because I don't know. I'm new at I, this, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I'm like, what is he not I guess, to do? Like there's certain things he won't roll. Let you roll for. Oh, okay. Where you're saying like where like we'll say hey. Can I do this? And Foe's like, uh, yeah. You know, he figures it out, and then he'll either let us or not. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm fairly new at this, so I'm I, I take a crapshoot of a guess each time when I'm throwing an idea out. Right, because you don't but, know, uh, and you don't know unless you ask. Right. Exactly. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, and something I did to kind of kind of ready myself for D and D because it we. The setup took a little bit. Fo had to get his campaign set up, and then um, since I was so new at making a character, that took forever. Because uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was. Doing. I like it better when Fo does what I what he did for me and just makes a character and then says, "Okay, play this." <laughs> that works so perfectly fine. I'm like, I don't have to do shit. He's like, "Make this happen." Yes, I can do that. Like that made it easy. <laughs> I yeah, like that. That's really good for people starting out too. Because yeah, I mean, it's awesome. less intimidating. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's why I like super that. Super yeah. awesome. I'm yes. It made it like it took the fear away because you don't know. Am I gonna do this wrong? Am I not doing this? You know the way I should be. And it was just like, oh, this is cool. So I was really excited that he had that as an option. Yeah, the so first time you. I looked at one of those character sheets, I almost cried myself. I haven't looked at I was one, like, so I'm glad what? I haven't. <laughs> There's just, I just know I got to learn to write really fast that night. He's like, and then this, and then this, and then this. I'm like, shit, I need a folder. Yeah, there's. I mean, there was a lot of stuff to learn. and But, I mean, luckily, Foe was really helpful with setting these things up. You just ran a question by him, and he was able to answer it. So, Foe made it super easy to get into. It was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the character building process, and all the role playing and all that stuff has been a blast. So, I'm excited to keep that going. And then uh, to get ready for it, somebody had suggested listening to a podcast called the Dungeons and Randomness. Um, and did you ask for permission to even mention their? T- <laughs> I'm just with you. Oh, I'm so gonna get hell for that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pick on you at all costs. Did you ask for permission? But um, yeah, Dungeons and Randomness. <laughs> they they're. They started their podcast off back in 2012, and it's still running now. They have it broken down into like two separate arcs, 
Arc 1 was kind of like their beginning starting stuff, which um, I guess they were doing 4th edition. And now their Arc 2 is all done in 5th edition. And you can kind of um, pick up on some of the subtle changes to the rules just by listening to how they're playing. But his is definitely RP-based, kind of like Foe's. So it's it's really fun to listen to. Um, I, I would compare it to like a, an audiobook, maybe. It's like a story you listen to, and it just kind of develops as it goes. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like how I felt when I was listening to you guys you know, run through everything and, and voice chat. You know, I kind of felt like while I'm gaming and listening to you guys do your D&D campaign, I felt like I was listening to an audiobook. Yeah, and it's... But I knew the actors. <laughs> and it's nice because it's, it's just, it it's really helpful creative-wise, uh, creative like, right. just to listen to this kind of stuff because it gives you new ideas for things. Yeah. Um, and if anybody's ever wants to listen... Um, look up Dungeons and Randomness. He did uh, put the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's in the show notes. It's ran so by a random. guy named Jason Massey. So random. Um, I have to say, listen. Start off listening to Arc Two. Um, it's the it starts off way better than Arc One did. Yeah. Um, Arc One was kind of their build up of how to do their show, and it just their RP got a lot better. Their role playing got a lot better as the show developed. Yep. Everything, even podcasts go that way because you have to get in the groove and you have to get used to everybody's personalities and everybody's chemistry and everybody's strengths and weaknesses. And you, you know, and that's totally normal, very organic when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And this, and he's running like, I think this current arc is three groups and, it's all a lot of them are players that came from arc one that just mesh really well and people who just wanted to come back to the show uh-huh and then arc one it expand expanded from episode one to 200 and I'm about 160 right now episode Holy 160 moly. that's crazy and so much happened in in that amount of time but, I did take you up because I think you actually shared this in the what are you listening to did you yeah, to someone else. Was, yeah, and two, I remember I added them to my Stitcher playlist, and I thought it was cute because they were like, and I don't remember where I started. I think I maybe have started maybe in the arc two. I didn't go back to the very first episode because I don't like Stitcher loads the very first episode. So I just started listening to kind of get a vibe of the podcast, and I thought it was cute because they're like, we don't know why people even listen to us do this, and I think like, <laughs> that's what a lot of podcasters kind of feel like, you know, like. We don't know why people listen to it, but that's, you know, podcasters tend to do it as a hobby and D&D people, it's kind of like you're blending your two worlds, kind of like what we do with gaming and, and such. And we wouldn't be podcasting if we haven't listened to podcasts and thought, what would it be like to host our own show? You know, so exactly. it's pretty cool that I'm like, yeah, that's a normal sentiment, you know? And we're like, we don't know why people even listen to us. But there's people stuck in this traffic jam somewhere going, this is so much better than listening to the same top 40 song for the 99th time, you know, right. on the radio and stuff. And yeah, it's definitely better, so, you know, to have something to listen to that's not repetitive ridiculousness. So yeah, that's cool. I thought that was cute when they said that. And like, what I know how you feel. Exactly, and one of the guys that uh, voices one of the, uh, a couple of the characters, well, one of the characters, I guess, um, he's been on since the very beginning. Um, oh wow, I'm gonna totally mess up his name right now. It's 
Robert Wiesenhain, or I want to say that's correct. Um, but he he had this character named Malchus in the arc one, and I love that character. And now he's playing in arc two a character named Ubo, who's a he's an orc, but he has like I want to say low intelligence. I'm not sure, but it's uh, <laughs> but it just is one of my favorite characters out of the whole uh-huh. entire thing right now. Um, that's cool, and that's cool though that you have a favorite character. You know what I mean? That's oh, I got funny. favorite characters in each and every group, so it's that's awesome. It's just fun to track and see how they do. And yeah, and listening to Arc One, I think the most heartbreaking thing is when a character dies that you kind of invest some emotion into. Um, there was. I've been wondering, because thank goodness you know foes here. But what happens after your character dies? Because I got, like I had a couple close shots. Like, what happens, Foe or Blue? Like, what happens when your character Your character is, is dead. So, like, yeah, you're it... null and void. Like, you no longer in the campaign. You're out. Um, it depends what's work? happening. It depends, like, if you are... If you, you got to roleplay it. I mean, you there's possibilities. You could find a priest. You could do something. Oh, there might be a spell. There might be an enchantment. There might... What? Listen, the... Your imagination is the limit that when you role playing. That is so cool. I love. I didn't even think. You know, about if that. you have it, the the uh, the uh, DM that like uh, Blue is playing with, he seems like he's just more like straight to whatever he has written down. That's what's happening. That's what's going yeah. on. Yeah. You know, he follows the rules very very word by word. I like to run my campaigns as an open world, so it's like it's if you want to do it, I probably will maybe find a way to make it happen yeah. within reason. Yeah, like if it's yeah. something ridiculous, it's not happening. You know, yeah, what I no, mean? and your campaign's been a blast because I mean, like you, you've encouraged. I kind of the, feel uh, like it is the role playing. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's done really good, but I really have nothing to compare you to, foes. So, you know, take take or leave. What you, you know, take my compliments or leave them at the door. I don't know, but yeah, as a first timer, I thought, yeah, I felt like it was very much an open world kind of a thing. I didn't. It took the intimidation factor out. It made me feel like I could possibly, you know, step out and like, you know, kind of like feel around and see, can we do this? You know, I had a lot of fun with Provoke. I'm sad he said he can't make it this week. Um, I can't remember why, but he said he can't make it this week. So, but I was like, oh man, my coworker is not going to be there. Because <laughs> you, <know>, <laughs> you kind of feel like you have like an, a kinship, you know, to your characters and stuff. I thought that was cool. Yeah, and just from playing with Foe and my coworker, and then listening to this podcast, like e- each GM's different about how they allow resurrection, what have you. But like, um, like for example, with uh, the Dungeon Randomness podcast, they um, they kind of wanted to make it realistic in a world that has a bunch of magic, if if that makes sense. To where if if they resurrected somebody, there's there's harsh penalties, and that that would make sense. I mean, you're bringing somebody back to life. You should have a penalty for that. So I I don't know. I've invested a lot of time in the podcast. Um, recently That's invested awesome, some though. money, and it's it is cool. Yeah, it's been fun to listen to. Yeah. Um, so and besides that, I've uh, I've been waiting for Westworld season two to come out. Uh, that just started up on Sunday, I believe. I wasn't able to watch it, but I plan on going back this weekend, maybe and listening or watching it. Um, I don't know. Has any of you guys ever watched Westworld? Westworld, I, I did. I started watching it. Like five episodes, and then I was like, I "Same can't here." Do this anymore? I can't. No, oh, I can do yeah. it, and I'm going to finish. I liked it. it. 
but it was too dark. I think the all of the the physical, like the raping and all that stuff. Like I'm like, I don't think I'm there. Like I can't. Yeah. I, I yeah, stay it... away from shows like that only because I'm very particular about what I allow in my head space. But um, yeah. But the premise, like, it, it was very good. It was. It was like the premise was a very good show. But I stray away from such <laughs> if i you so, know what i mean yeah i, I can understand that and yeah. it, it does start off really rough um there's a lot of things that happen that kind of make you think like well, wow should this should i even be watching this yeah and i i felt it, like but i also don't play grand theft auto either so. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's cool it's cool just to run somebody like, over can't play this game <laughs> it's not morally sound for me i don't feel like a good person but like when i was watching that i felt so sympathetic and that I just I felt so emotional towards the characters that I can't play. I like I just can't. And the one thing I loved about it was the fact that like yeah, it starts off slow and there's a few things that are kind of weird. Yeah, they tip but your, they put your toes it, in the water of cray cray. Oh, they they dip you okay. in the entire season. Like at the very end, it yeah. actually leads up to some huge ass. Well, sorry, huge thing that happens, and it the the finale for season one was. Awesome. I loved it. Um, and now like, I, I'm excited awesome for what they're doing. Or like, like oh, yeah, it, vindication or. It was one of those things that left me wanting season two. Like okay, I so wanted to see great it. Thing. Yeah. You were chomping yeah. at the bit to get your hands on season two. That's. Yeah. It's, okay. And they've been like. <sighs> HBO has been really good about shows like that. Like uh, even when I was in college, I went back and watched some of their older shows on HBO go and they all kind of have a tendency to do stuff like that where they'll suck you in with small tidbits here and there. And then most of the time, I shouldn't say all the time, most of the time their finales are amazing and make you want to see the next season. But they, they had a few shows that weren't that way. But Westworld definitely made me want season two. And I believe originally uh, season two wasn't even supposed to come out until next year. But they managed to get it done in time for this year, and wow. I guess Game of Thrones got pushed back till next year instead. No, That's so eh, Game of Thrones. What it is. I can't believe like the stop pushing it back. Like, uh, what are you doing to us? Yeah, right. Like, you left us on a huge cliffhanger, and now you're gonna make us wait a year to like seal the deal. First of all. You got a giant all, wall. What's with this dragon just melting the wall in two seconds? That was ridiculous. It, well, I mean, I think it was supposed to... The, the one thing I've found out about uh, Game of Thrones, because i got a lot of friends that are, like, huge on that show. Like, they, they'll get into the lore and everything. And it's, like, everything's a symbolize, uh, to symbolize something. And I can't remember what we we dis, um, what we agreed upon that the dragon was supposed to symbolize, but it, it literally... Everything means something. Oh, right. But, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know where I was ramping up with that, but <laughs> let's bring it back down, all right? Just in case. <laughs> but it makes sense. I, I hear you. But yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Uh, yeah. All righty. Well, I was jazzed. I didn't even expect, like, last night when everything was sudden done, I got home and everybody's sleeping and the mister's at work. And I'm like, oh, exhale time. I turned on the TV and the freaking 100 is back. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the 100. Cricket mentioned I tried to was... watch the 100. Did you try? What? You couldn't do it? Like, why? I think I was just tired. Like, I was falling asleep. Oh, Whenever okay. I put it on, I would, like, fall asleep. I think I was just trying to watch it too late at night. Oh, okay. Because... 
It's back. I'm I'm really excited. It's on the CW, which is, you know, I'm one of the, those, like, the CW is, like, oh, they're, like, more or less, like, teeny bopper type things. But the 100 is a very, ah, it's more of a, like, a dark, a dark storyline. I'm like, this is so different. You know, it's, um... You know, it's that post-apocalyptic kind of a thing. And it was like a group of 100 on, of kids were like that that were juvenile delinquents, supposedly on the starship that was up in space for whatever. They were sent down on the first season to test the Earth, knowing that they were expendable because they needed to cut oxygen on the ship because they only had so much you know, resources to produce oxygen and they were increasing in number as humans on the ship. So they were like, well, let's send down some juvenile delinquents. You know, they're, they're the cast outs of the, the society on the ship. We'll send them down to earth. And that's how it got the title. You know, that's why it's called the 100. So it started with the 100 and they were all kind of, you know, in their like late teens, early twenties, maybe mid twenties type age group and then it's like they landed on what was earth after a nuclear you know something happened event happened so each season is like how they battle these different tribes on the planet and there's grounders there's there's just so many crazy things that they run up against so now there was another wave of um this new season now just like the very first episode um on this new season just started and i want to say was it is it's either season four or five i can't i feel like it's a blur but i've been watching it every every year so i was like so excited to see it come back so on the last season they all had to find a way to get out of dodge because acid rain was coming and there was no way they were going to be able to survive. So they had this whole event where all the tribes battled because they found this underground bunker that they that had been built a long time ago and it could only house so many people. So they had this big battle between the tribes and the victor got to the victor's tribe got to how like keep all their people safe in this underground bunker and everybody else would just die. Well, the victor ended up being like, everybody's going down. I'm not going to just keep it for my tribe. I'm letting everybody in. So she let everybody, and she was one of the 100. So they always called them the Sky Crew. The Sky Crew was one of the 100. There was the Grounders. There was like Ice Nation. You know, they all had different names. And she said, we're all one tribe. Let's all go in. Well, then there was like six of them that were like the techies kind of, you know, they were trying to find a plan B in case this bunker thing didn't work out. So that's where the star of the show kind of was. Um, so it's been a really neat storyline I've been following. So I was really excited to see that the 100 was back because it was kind of like, you never know. It's just like with sci-fi, you never know if that channel is going to bring a show back. Or the CW is notorious for like taking out the show everybody wants and keeping on the stupid show. And so I was so excited. And then speaking of sci-fi, I'm still keeping up with Krypton. So Krypton on sci-fi was, you know, the whole Superman premise, but like back in the day where they're focusing on the planet Krypton. And so that I, I really like that show still. And I'm keeping my eye on Siren. That was the mermaid show. I still have like uh, an episode to catch up on there. So I'll let you know next week. Oh, so hey, well, Electron, you can actually say goodbye. You know, <laughs> you said you're feeling better. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go right ahead. All right. Well, yeah, I'm just getting off for the night. I've been sitting here lurking and listening. Um, 
But uh, yeah, probably headed off to bed now. All right. Good night, Electron. Talk to you guys later. Yep. Good night. Have a good night, bud. Feel better. All that good stuff. But yeah, that's all I've been doing. And I'm going to hand it to Foe so I can go pee, but I will make it really fast. So talk really slow. Foe. What? <laughs> all right. Um, I guess I'll talk about Netflix and the uh, show I've been watching. Um, actually, before I get to that, um, if you've been listening to any other gaming podcasts, you'll probably notice that everyone's talking about God of War. So much so, I'm actually kind of sick of hearing about it. It's like just really? yeah, every podcast, every gaming podcast that talks about PlayStation, at least, is just talking about God of War, and it's you know the game looks great, it looks awesome. But tell me this: Have you heard anything bad about it yet? No, that's the thing. It's everything is good. It's like perfect ten, ten out of ten. It's looking really good. Oh, that's crazy. I know. I've, I've loved the God of War series, but I. I... Like, the last one, I just didn't have time to play all the way through, but I've beaten the rest of them. So, I'm excited for this one. I just need to buy it. This one is just looking fantastic. This is, like, one of those where, um, you know, it's just when you look at it, you could just tell. Sometimes when you just, when you just, when you look at a game, you can just tell. This is a 10 out of 10. This is going to be a great game. Um, the storyline looks really good. And what I've been hearing by a lot of the reviews by of people with the new God of War is that this one actually has a good storyline and there's a good story because most of them you know it's basically kratos just yelling at everybody <laughs> you know, it's, it's like Poliathy! you know just always just yelling you know that's you know it had the story about how about about why he was mad but you know it was, it was more of like a hack and slash action game you know you had some puzzles there's just more about just smashing buttons and just kicking some butt and finding the uh, the forbidden bedroom. <laughs> yeah, and finding the bedroom, and you know, you're like, oh my god, a sex scene in a video game—that's crazy. No, that I lo- I love Greek mythology, and I love the fact that they played the hell out of the Greek mythology. Um, but I'm super excited what they went into with this new one. Well, now he's he has a kid, so there's a lot of gameplay with him and his son, and. It's kind of reminiscent to if you ever played, um, what was that zombie game where you got this little girl with you the whole time? It's like, I don't know. It came like, out, what, t- like two years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. The Last of Us. Yeah. So, yeah, The Last of Us, it's, it's kind of like that. So, you got this like little sidekick with you. It's a son. and But apparently, in this game, um, the son is a lot more like useful. And doesn't detach you from the story. Like in The Last of Us, sometimes the girl would detach you from the story because she would just be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to run around in the I'm middle of one with the speak No, like, no, but like, it's she wasn't that little. She was like 12 or 13. Oh, okay. And it would be in a part where you're supposed to be really quiet and like sneaking around because like you don't <laughs> want the zombies to hear you. And she goes right Oh, hey, look clap, at this clap, key. Clap, clap. You know, and just like, oh, look at this key. Isn't it shiny? And you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I get it. You're just scripted to say certain things like once every few minutes. It's not even quiet, but the zombies still and hear her, right? Exactly, exactly. And it kind of pulls you out of the story a little bit. And this new God of War, though, his son is like a tool. And it's like some some monsters you really need to interact with your son to be able to, you know, win the battle. So I'm sick of hearing about it, but I'm going to wind up getting it. And probably next week I'll, I'll, I'll be able to talk about it. 
Um, what I did, though, was I bought a board game for the family called Champions of Midgard. And this is a board game I've played, so I knew about it. And it was just something I thought the family would, would um, really enjoy because it has a little bit of something for everybody. It's a board game. It's a workers. It's a worker placement board game. And what that means is there's there's um, a whole genre of board games. They're called worker placement games. And basically, you have a bunch of workers and you place them on the board and you have your workers do stuff to get you resources or to do whatever you need to do to carry on to your uh, to your final goal. You know, so maybe you have to gather some wood. You have to get this. You have to get that. And um, the end goal is whatever it is. So in Champions of Midgard, you are a Viking warrior and you are trying to be the most glorious of your town or village. So you want to be the most glorious war leader. And so when you go to Valhalla, you have the top seat. So the way the game works is you, you pick a hero, you pick a Viking champion, and that champion will have a special thing that that champion can do that the other champions can't and you get four workers to start you could purchase more workers later on and the way the game works is you have a board right you have this big board and on the board you have a huge troll you have a troll you have other mythical monsters and beasts and then you have a you have you have an ocean side and there's more stronger mythical monsters across the ocean and Someone has to kill a troll every turn. And if none of you kill the uh, troll a turn, the village gets upset. And you have to give negative points to one of the warriors. So usually somebody's trying to fight the troll. And if you fight the troll and if you kill it, you get more, more points so you could win the game. So it's worth going after the troll. And so basically what, what you do is you have your workers. So you take turns placing your workers on different spots of the board. So if you put a worker in one spot, spot like the uh, lumber mill, you get wood. Whatever wood is there, you get to take it. Or you could pick up another spearman or you could put a worker next to the shield guys. And you could wind up just picking up, you know, you just put your workers where, where what you think you need at the moment. Okay. So, um, and then whatever spaces don't get picked, they get more resources. So, say you wanted meat because you're gonna take a uh, you you're gonna take a raft across the ocean to go and fight. So, can you take the raft across the ocean? Um, you need meat to feed you guys. So, you know, you have to feed your guys. And um, basically, I just lost my place. Oh yeah. So. You need meat on the raft so you so you can feed you guys. So if you don't take the meat for that turn, you put another meat on there. So eventually, if no one's going there, they could be like four or five meat. So you might be worth going there now because you get a whole bunch at one time. And then, um, so basically, that's what you do. So you take your workers and you just got to put your workers on the on the resources that you think you're going to need to further your okay. warrior. And the way you attack stuff is you get these uh, soldier uh, dice. And the soldier dice, you know, there's spearman dice, there's swordman dice, there's axeman dice. And they all have their own special things. Like the shieldman dice has sides that could shield an attack. So when you fight one of these monsters, the monsters always do their damage to your guys. For every damage you take, you lose a soldier dice. So if you roll shields, you don't take damage. And then your soldier dice could fight an, another monster later on or whatever. So um, basically, when you fight a monster, you want to bring enough dice with you so you could kill the monster fast rather than him attacking you turn after turn. 
And that's the whole gist of it. So you put your workers down, you get your resources, you go on your missions, and you kill monsters, and you kill mythical beasts and trolls, and you try and be the most glorious Viking warrior to go to Valhalla. So That's awesome. How did you find the game? I've played it in the past, so I kind of oh, okay. knew about it, but I've never owned it, and I've always wanted it. And, you know, this is the type of board game, this is like a $60 board game. Yeah. You know, so, like, this is like a more high-end board game. So it's funny, yeah. me and you talked about this last night for a good length of time, and I oh, totally, okay. it is way bigger than I pictured it in my head. And I have to ask, are these little wooden figures, are those supposed to be your workers? The meeples, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, this game looks amazing. Just looking at all the pictures and stuff, it, it looks like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, and when you buy more high-end board games... Um, the pieces are usually nice. You get nice card stock, you get nice wood pieces, and that's part of the fun of like getting these more higher end board games is like all the components are super nice. So I'm looking at these pictures and it looks like some people have switched out like um, when they drew a card they put miniature on top of the card to give more of a 3D effect. Have you ever tried playing it that way? Um, no, I guess you could do that. I mean, you would have to get the right miniatures and stuff, but yeah, why not? Yeah. I know you're big on miniatures, so I figured I'd say something. But for a game like that, I I wouldn't do it because then it's like more stuff you have to you have, you have to pack away. You know, it's yeah, like when you want to put a game away, you just want to put it away. <laughs> right, that's true. No, it does look pretty awesome. Yeah, Champion of Midgard is a lot of fun. Um, but the game is much better with the expansions. So if you do get the game, the game is good, but it's way better with the the, the expansions. Open up so much more in that game. The, the expansions are like a must, in my opinion. How did your family like it? They love it. The That's boys awesome. love it. Yeah. Was this their first time. time then ever really getting their hands on it? Yeah, because I just got it. I just got it like last oh, week. Okay, because you said that you had had seen it around. I didn't know if you guys had played it previously or. No, I um, played it at the uh, the game club a couple of times. Oh, okay. All right, that's cool. So you got to test it out and see it if it's something that you'd want to purchase, and then that you, was your one family of, actually digs it. Yeah, that was one of the, one of the games we played when we did the um. When we did that long, like sixteen-hour gaming champion day, where like oh, we played like okay. four different games, and this is that so was like one of them. Two to four players. It takes sixty to ninety minutes playing time, and it's recommended for ages ten and up. Yep. So cool. how how easy was it for your your kids to pick up on the like the uh, the rules and the? How it's the easy game because the game it's 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 easy. You put the workers down. It's you roll your dice. You make sure you bring enough dice with you into the battle. I mean, it's pretty easy. It's not rocket science. Cool. That is awesome. cool. That's awesome that you had this to share. But there is a lot of strategy too. You know, uh -huh. like you might go for a resource you don't need because you don't want the other person to get it. You know, like, right? Yeah, definitely. Because once you go on a space, that resource definitely. is taken for that turn. Right. Cool. So you are thinking about purchasing this new game everybody's talking about. New being the keyword. Oh, we already talked about that one. Oh, did you? I was gone peeing. He's out of line then. This says Champions <laughs> of Midgard is number one, New God of War is number two, and Troy on Netflix is number three. Did he go backwards? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I bounced around. He totally so. did it backwards. <laughs> All right. Well, since Faux doggy styled his entire section, I I had to actually doggy style the entire episode because of Electron's um, chicken and waffle fiasco. <laughs> I had put a couple like newsy items. So you covered everything in your your section, Foe? Yeah, and then I'm watching Troy on Netflix, which is Oh pretty well good. then you didn't cover everything. <laughs> I just 
that is then? If you didn't start from the the be- the behind, I don't know where you started. You, I don't even know anymore. He started at the belly button. He started in the middle. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I we see you typing, dude. You can just tell us you have to go because you have oh. to get up at four a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like now twelve. It well, hey, we have goon, our pinch hitter here. We have Goon. He he's gonna be pinch hitting for us, so you might you'll be good to go. It'll it might just be Blue and I. We're we can handle this. I'll kick it with you. I got this. <laughs> That's right. We got this. All right. So you've been watching Troy on Netflix. Yeah, Troy Netflix is pretty good. Um, it's they base it more off the books. So um, they got the gods and everything in there. They're 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 like affecting the whole entire story. Um, it's pretty good. It's okay so far. That you know, this the the whole tale of that whole story kind of annoys me, but I like to usually watch it because the action is usually good. But so far, it's pretty good. Troy Fall of a City review um, da, 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 tells them the Greek mythology by the book. Yeah, About it's not bad. So it's is a, it a movie or a TV series? It's a TV series. The eight-part series covering the famous Troy-Sparta feud of millennia past offers a few striking performances, So, but not much else new to a classic tale. When did this come out? Well, it's a very new A couple of weeks ago, it's pretty yeah, new. Yeah, it has to be pretty new. Okay. Yeah, so that's, yeah, because I, I haven't seen that pop up on Netflix yet, like in my little queue or whatever, but... Yeah, I'll have to take oh, some cool. time away from Ark to try and watch this. It looks, yeah, looks I like to binge while I watch Ark sometimes. I think that's why, like, our we haven't been in Discord at all. Well, I haven't because I've been MIA, but our Discord's been kind of on the down low. And I think everybody's just kind of doing their thing, having their quiet time, their binge their binge sessions and family time. See, that's how you know something big and new came out is when I everybody know, when disappears everybody for a disappears little bit. Disappears for a little bit, exactly. That's it's in the, it's entirely word. It happens. So a foe has to go to bed or whatever. I had a cute, a couple funny, um, some interesting topics. It was just like some newsy articles about you know plastic eating, plastic eating germs. Have you guys seen that? Anyways, I slightly it. heard about that. Night all. Good night. Uh-oh. I just ran across some interesting like articles or whatever, and I thought, what the hell? But I planned on starting the show with this, not ending the show on this, because Whoops. but everybody was like, I have family game night. I'm going to vomit because I eat chicken waffle sandwiches. You know, I was like, whatever. I'll throw this at the end of the show. I'm sick in so, hell. Hey, so Goon, unmute that mic, dude. We're, <laughs> we're calling in our pinch hitter. This is right up your alley, these articles. I'm sure you have some comedic commentary. Goon joined us just to listen to the recording, but he's a very funny guy, and I think he might maybe have some say in some of these things we're going to talk about. Hello, Goon. Test, test. Come on, Goon. We're going to drag you down into our plastic eating For dumpster. For the love of biscuits, say something. <laughs> it's a, it shows that his mic is, like, muted, so I'll start. <laughs> All right, so the first article below I found was the human thigh bones apparently make excellent weapons in close combat. I I was actually starting to read that as you were talking. I'm like, 
What, what the hell is this? That is awesome. <laughs> I know, it's crazy you wouldn't even think about it. You're like, okay. So it, it turns out that human bones, especially thigh bones, were prized by New Guinean warriors as materials, which could be carved into exceptionally strong and fierce daggers. So in case you needed to know, now you know. <laughs> I'm going to shank you with my enemy's thigh Isn't bone. that weird? Like, hold on. Hold on, let me have your leg. You know, like, we and were... Some of these are super decorative, too. Holy I crap. I know, right? And, like, as technology advances, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're gonna scan your eye, we're gonna scan your thumbs, and you always think that somebody's gonna cut your thumb off, you know, to, like, get into a safe or something, you know? They're like, oh, they'll just take your eye out. We've all watched the movies, you know? That's how they do that, right? They just like, pluck them right out. Just like, hold them up. It yeah, works. Like, exactly. I'm thinking like this was that back in the day. It was like people were being hunted <laughs> for their femur bones. Gonna kill you just for your thigh bone. Yeah. You're like, oh, that looks like a good femur bone haver right there. You know, they, they, they go after them and take them out for their femurs. Just see like a bunch of like people dragging themselves about. My but... femur's bigger than your femur. Yeah, mm-hmm. my femur. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the type. Old school pissing contest was the femur size. <laughs> you would almost want to have a weak femur, so nobody would want to take you out to steal your femur. I did. I don't think I muted you. It looks like he's muted. Maybe he's muted. No, I didn't mute no. you, goon. You are muted all on your own. It shows that you have like muted yourself. Yeah, it shows that you don't even have a mic. Yeah, it shows that you don't even have a mic. <laughs> Like you, you actually might have to close. Uh, you might have to log out and then like yeah. log back in. Maybe that will do it. I hope. That's crazy. So I was thinking, like, could you imagine, like, being back then? You would almost have like, you'd be like femur paranoia. You know? Can you like, imagine you'd... having to go to war over your like, say somebody your killed your brother and now you got to get his femur back? Yes, exactly. Because you might not ascend to the next level of amazingness if you are not in full body. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it says, um, but since, you know, it's, it's kind of frowned upon to be like, I'm bringing him back. Here he is. Hey, his mute, his, uh, it shows that he can talk now. Am I working? Yay. Yay. Welcome. We're still talking about femurs being used as weapons. So do you have any, do you have any uh, feedback on this? I missed it because I had to log out and try to figure out the mic. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I wonder why it happened. But, yeah, I'll, um, I'll link it to you in, in uh, TeamSpeak chat. Oh, yeah, chat. he didn't even have the, yeah, link it, please, for him. Thank you. Um, the, the weird, you know, it's good that, you know, in 2018 they found, like, um, comparison femurs, so people aren't going out and, like, taking out people's legs and stealing them for, you know, to have fancy daggers. But apparently, both human femurs and cassowary femurs, (laughs) I don't know what tibiotaruses exhibited the same sort of tissue stiffness. So the advantage of the human bone really came down to anatomical geometry, um, which is what they said the researchers have found. And the Ghanaians, in fact, took care to specifically carve. And these cassowaries were actually bones from birds. So they found that f- that human femur bones were in stark comparison to these cassowary bones. Um, but they were made into weaker weapons, probably to ensure that the human bone daggers, already most rare, maintain their higher value and superior social clout. <laughs> so. Wow. 
yeah, yeah, yikes. Like, would that be a bragging thing? Like, oh yeah, well, my uncle's femur dagger is still being used to this day. You know, like, I don't know. Well, I'm just curious if, did they, like, take these off dead relatives? Or did I, they take them off people I, they killed in a fight? How, how did they get the these above. things? I feel like yeah. all the above. I guess they're not using it anymore. I guess they can spare <laughs> exactly. it. Oh, actually, I found it a few lines down. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Guinea? Guinea. Guinea. Okay. Yeah, they're from New Guinea, the country New Guinea. Guinea warriors would make weapons from bones of ancestors or respected community members who passed away. That is awesome. Oh, there's a respect. Right? Yeah, that would be like your end all, you know? Like, you don't really care how many people showed up to your farewell party, but... You want to know if they, you know, used your femur bone to turn into a dagger. Oh, would you have to will it to somebody, or did they fight I, over it? I wonder, I think it could happen both ways. They might have to, you know, send it to, what is that, probate court? <laughs> <laughs> to my daughter, I leave my three goats. To my son, I leave my two thigh bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. a sign of respect. Exactly. So, in other news, I put the the show notes link in the channel. I don't know if you found it or if he if you had already got that, but you have the show notes there. I have all these links. But the next thing, did you guys hear the news? Um, scientists accidentally, I'm using air quotes, accidentally, because I think you can't just accidentally stumble, like come across this, create a plastic eating enzyme. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and the flip, like, so, okay, so here, before we have anything to say, a Japanese waste dump is an unlikely location for what may be a huge breakthrough in plastic pollution crisis. Have you guys seen, like, the pictures? There's supposedly some, like, ju- like fa- a Facebook can be believed. There's supposedly an island floating out in the ocean full of, like, garbage. And a lot of it's, like, plastic. Have you guys seen that? No? No, not, not at all. No. <laughs> There's, like, this picture of, like, this garbage island that's supposedly floating around. And then recently we've seen a picture of, like, a whale that supposedly, like, flew, that not flew, but landed that was beached. And it was, like, full of garbage, like, plastic and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, I don't know. But back in uh, 2016, which is weird, it's 2018, two years later... Um, this is where it all began, though. 2016, a team of Japanese scientists sifting through plastic waste found bacteria capable of breaking down and eating one of the world's most popular plastics, polyethylene terephthalate, or PET. You know, I like the PET version. It was hailed as a potential breakthrough at the time. But in a new twist, British and American scientists have announced that while studying this bacteria, they accidentally created, accidentally created a mutant enzyme that even more efficient is breaking down plastic bottles. That I feel like we are watching, we are like living out a sci-fi movie right now because I'm sorry, how many things in your house is made of plastic? (laughs) Could you imagine? We already have to worry about catching the flu, but now we have to worry about our house catching a plastic (laughs) infection. Like, could you, what would happen if everything you own when you woke up, like got eaten by some plastic bug? Like my computer right now, like my computer frame. (laughs) My my mouse, my keyboard. Call an exterminator. They yeah. Be gone. Looks like me got some plastic enzymes in here. Oh my god. We're gonna have to spray for these things. <laughs> it's nuts. 
It's absolutely nuts. So um, the, the discovery came as a team of scientists from the University of Portsmouth in the UK, a national renewable energy laboratory in the United States, examined an enzyme produced by the Japanese bacteria to find out more about its structure by shining intense beams of x-rays on it 10 billion times brighter than the sun. 10 billion times brighter than the sun. They were able to see individual atoms. Manipulating the structure to better understand how it worked, they accidentally engineered the mutant enzyme. That's so crazy. Isn't that how... <laughs> accidentally engineered. But isn't that how Dr. Banner became the Hulk? I feel like... It's x-rays. Yes. And it turned him into the Hulk. I totally feel like we're living in a sci-fi movie right now where things are accidentally engineered. Um, all right, so they... Um, John McKeehan, a bio biology professor at the University of Portsmouth, said serendipity often plays a significant role in fundamental scientific research, and our discovery here is no exception. This unanticipated discovery suggests there is room to further improve these enzymes, moving us closer to re a recycling solution for the ever-growing mountain of discarded plastics. So that's that's quite interesting right there. Here we are, you know, making spaghetti and dumping out our containers, drinking water, dumping out our containers. And in a science lab somewhere, there's somebody using intense beams of x-rays 10 billion times brighter than the sun getting rid of the plastic that we are so haphazardly just making dinner with. Isn't that weird? Like, well, wow. How much does it cost to make one enzyme? I don't know. They took one and made one. I one mutant one. I know, right? And it's so crazy. On the flip side, I'm like, this is amazing. On the other side, I'm like, I, like, these people, it's amazing that they wake up there like, oh, you know what our problem is? We weren't magnifying the rays 10 billion times brighter than the sun. That's why. You know, I'm like, ah, I have no idea. Here I am at the beginning of the show was freaking out that my cat was barfing on the carpet. That was my dilemma. These guys are magnifying <laughs> the brightness of the sun by 10 billion to get rid of plastic. Now, do, you, do you really think it was the scientists who doing it? Or was it like the two janitors in there playing around? <laughs> oh man, what else can we throw in here? Accidentally created a mutant. <laughs> Doing that whole spyglass effect where you're just trying to heat something up, burn yeah, it. It's unreal. It, I was just like, what am I what? Like, because you know, like, like that enzyme's here now. It's hanging out. It's. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, now we don't even worry about, like, our own sicknesses. I'm really worrying about, like, holy crap. Like, how many plastic things are in your house? Like, that's a lot. A lot of things are made of plastic. Yikes. Yeah, like, a like lot. It? Well, like your plastic knees and plastic hips. And oh my, I don't even know. It would be horrible. I don't even know. Just have like blobs of humans like laying around. I don't even know. It's crazy. So it says the researchers who published their findings in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences on Monday. That was because this is a new article are now working to further improve the enzymes so it can be used on an industrial scale. Because, hey, you know, why not? Why not? Why not? The engineering process is much the same as for enzymes currently being used in bio-washing detergents and in the manufacturing of biofuels. The technology exists 
McKeon said, it's possible that within the next few years, they could be, there could be an industrially viable process for turning these plastics into other substances or back into its original building blocks so it can be sustainably recycled. So it's interesting. I don't know. I think they have good intentions. We're just going to have to sit back like the little Michael Jackson gif on the internet and just eat popcorn and wait to see. <laughs> like exactly Just watch this shit happen. Yeah, I don't even know, because I was like, what? How awesome would that be? The end of the it's world like, won't be a comet or the know, sun burning yeah. us up. It's going to be a plastic-eating monster. Enzyme. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, But they did wrap the article up by saying, plastic po- the plastic pollution is fast becoming one of the biggest environmental issues of our time. These mass-produced materials are ambiguous. More than one million plastic bottles are bought around the world every minute. That's one million bottles a minute. That is, like, huge. No wonder why they are magnifying the sun's rays by billions. It's just crazy. And around eight million tons of plastic enter the oceans each year. So, you know, I mean, I could see definitely see the benefit, but I could definitely see... You know, where this might get a little crazy. Like, if they accidentally stumbled across this, how can they, like, how can it, like, accidentally not, like, get a little cray-cray? Like, it's not like it was a calculated creation. It was just happenstance. Oh, yeah, we just happened to accidentally invent something that, like, eats plastic. (laughs) Inside. I mean, it's like, yeah, 50% of you is like, yay! The other 50% is like, whoa! I don't even, you know, we're still processing. Just one of those moments where you're just sitting there looking at it and you're like, Fuck. I just don't even know. Yeah, you're like, add it to the list. Add it to the list. All right, and we're going to wrap up this uh, little section of the show. Um, I found um, patient gaming will save you time and money. Do you guys feel that to be true? Like, if you're a patient gamer, their, their whole premise is, Patient gaming is a philosophy wherein gamers wait a significant amount of time before buying and playing newly released video games. Do you guys feel like this is something you guys do? Like if you hear about these magical games, do you like to wait it out or do you dive in? Um, okay, so when I was younger, I used to just dive in. There was one point... Um, I think it was Gears of War 2 or 3 came out, and I jumped on that train so hard, I think I dropped like seven to $800 on that game when it released. Like, I bought the new console, the game, a controller, a stupid, phony gun that went with the game. Uh-huh. And, man, buyer's remorse. Um, I, I, I've gotten a lot better now with not jumping on the... The hype wagon. Right. Um, and I feel if, like, the only way I could see that having patience is going to save you time and money is if, like, you're waiting on sales to buy these big top games. Okay. But I may be way off base. I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people that might identify with you. <laughs> like, I don't you, know. You used to be one that would just dive in and, could, and like, eat it up, right? Yeah. And then, like, now you're kind of like, hmm. Do yeah. you feel like it's, like, circumstantial, like, your circumstances right now in your life, you're not as free-flowing or free-willing or free-spirited when it comes to just diving in and then going, oh, I probably should have waited, or well, do you rely like, on, like, 
consumer reviews and stuff before you buy something now. Well, the irony is, is back then I wasn't even as financial stable, financially stable as I am now. Like I can afford to go out and drop this amount of money on something, but I choose not to because I don't know. I guess in the past I've bought way too many games that were just such duds You've that I wish I didn't. In the yeah, past. yeah, that makes sense. Like Ark, I didn't even want to buy it for PC because I already had a couple copies for Xbox. Oh, and okay. I actually waited for the price uh, to go on sale. It was like a little under thirty bucks, and that's why I got it on PC. All right, that makes sense. How about you, Goon? I know, like you've had a lot of your history was in World of Warcraft, and then you were bitten by the Ark bug. Do you ever give games a chance, or like right off the bat, or do you like to wait it out and see? if other people are enjoying it before you buy in. Um, I usually wait to see if other people enjoy it. Have you ever been, like, have you ever had any really great circumstances where you just bought it and really liked it? Or have you ever been burnt by purchases that made you that way? I'm not much of a game. I usually don't play a whole lot of games. So, I mean, this really doesn't pertain to me as much. But the few games I have bought, I've, I've never actually just went out and bought anything. It's Always been recommendations. I've been happy with everything I've bought. That's good. Um, and I think that's why like we like to do our free to play games too, because you're really not out anything. So you can like, you know, put your toes in the water and kinda check out the game before you commit to something and then or buy anything in the cash store kind of thing. But I'm I'm kinda like in the same boat where when I was younger I was a lot like blue where I would be like, Oh yeah, sure, why not? And then I'm like, oh, all right. You know, like, I guess I could have waited. And now I really like to, like, even on Amazon, before I, like, buy something, I really like to go through and just kind of get a feel. You know, there's always those people that like to just com- to complain to complain, you know, so you can kind of weed them out when, like, oh, yeah. the review has so many positive reviews and then, like, a handful of haters, you know. I'm like, oh, those people just you know, didn't get a hug that day or whatever. And they're they're just a little extra negative. But, um, you know, I I tend to go with the majority vote, I guess, when it comes to stuff. Which is kind of sketchy with Steam reviews. (laughs) Because that seems more of like a political stance where like, if a game person does something questionable or like the majority of the community doesn't like, they will like get everybody blows up on them. Reviews. So it it could be a very good game, but at that moment in time, they are not being like they're not pleasing the community. So that can be a little, you know, little murky. Does that make sense? Yeah, and the only downside do I see with the whole majority thing that you go off of, which I'm not. This is not at you, but is like you can miss some real gems, like some I really good can. games. <laughs> I think, just, like, when money's involved, I'm, like, I'm extra leery. I'm, like, oh, you know, like, do I want to pay that and then not have it be good? Or if I don't have the money, I, w- I will sit and wait for it to be, like, hmm, you know. Because when you're, like, in a family setting and stuff, you can't really just be, like, haphazardly. Or you guys know, like, you'll get, like, the side eye. What did you buy? You know, what did you mm-hmm. buy? So, like, you almost have to have a little bit more facts to back up your purchases. Right. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've... Uh, or now. You don't know what Oh, I mean. no, I totally know what you mean. I've uh, I've gone through a lot of games where... Uh, I feel... Like, I'll buy even, one. Oh, I couldn't even hear you. You disappeared entirely. Is it... Is it not coming up? 
Oh, maybe it was just... I don't know. I couldn't hear you. I didn't even know you were talking. Sorry! Oh. Oh. That's weird. Maybe it's just TeamSpeak doing its thing. Um, can you still hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Okay. No. Oh, oh, well, good. darn. No. <laughs> <laughs> Silly. But yeah, I've had I've had a ton of games where I, I'd buy a game and then my wife's like, what'd you do? And I'm like, uh, shoot, now I gotta explain this one. And yeah. then it turned out to be a game that I played once or twice and then never right. picked up. And my wife's like, I told you you'd never play it. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my wife just yelled in the background, learn to listen. Learn to listen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the author of this uh, particular article, it was off from Forbes, and it was Max Thylemeyer. Uh, the links to these articles are in our show notes. But um, they were like, okay, first of all, you save a lot of money. And um, Steam has long been hailed for its impressive, its impressive seasonal sales. And lately, other sites like Humble Bundle and GOG have started to mirror their incredible discounts. So they feel that by waiting like until the next major sale, there's actually a very good chance that you will find that flashy AAA title that you've been eyeing on sale for at least a 15% discount. So it's saying like gamers that with even more patience who will see the steepest discounts. For instance, if you waited to buy Doom in 2016 during last year's Steam sale, summer sale, you could have picked up the 2016 hottest blockbuster in 2017 for only 15 bucks. So if you're willing to really wait a little longer and, you know, and to me, like, I guess I always think like a game is going to go through the growing aches and pains, the bug fixes, the roller coaster of balancing. Like, I feel like that's my, it's easier for me to buy into um, maybe potentially getting a better baked game the longer I wait, because a lot of people have already done a lot of the groundwork, the grunt work kind of an idea. I guess that's how yeah. I approach it too. Like, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get that until it's, you know, everybody's done the footwork and all the wrinkles or the majority of the major wrinkles have been ironed out. Yeah. And the only time I break my, uh, my learning curve and go back to my uh, younger days is like, if a game I, I'm super hyped about, like, um, say, if Bethesda uh, put out another Elder Scrolls, I, I honestly would probably be on the hype train day one. So, it, I guess it really depends on the game and, like, what I already know about it, I guess. Right, right. Um, they also say that you'll be, you'll also save money by making fewer purchases that you will regret. Plenty of games seem incredible before launch. And I can agree with that only from the feedback I've gotten about, um, shoot, what was that pirate's name? That pirate game that just... Uh, oh, um... It's right... Oh, wow. I, it. I was oh even God. playing it. You and I are like, our brains are like, we're not going to help you all right now. Sea of Thieves. Sea of, sea of Thieves, Thieves is yes. The one I was thinking of. Yeah. So I was so on the Sea of Thieves thing. But I feel like by them making it very strictly Windows 10, like that takes out, like, because they were so focused on like grouping up Windows and doing the crossplay between Windows and Xbox. I never did my gaming PC up to Windows 10 yet. So, like, I that totally took me out of the gaming thing. But everybody else I've heard played it, 
like um OG Bobby and um we we're just talking about I think 86. I don't know. It was Teddy. I know, but I've heard other people that were buying it, even Giga and mm, I don't know if Kirkano's. I can't really remember what he had said about it. But I know like it was a lot of hype. And then all of a sudden, even on the internet, like on tweets and in Reddit, I've seen a lot of complaints where everybody was so excited about it. And then it was like, like, it's still a great game, but the content wasn't enough to keep people in the game. Like, it, yeah. I feel like the life of the game lasted a lot longer before the launch than the launch. Because you don't even hear about it anymore. You really don't. And it was like a lot of the content was, I've heard from the people who have gotten in and played it, was like an hour, hour and a half was absolutely mind-blowing, amazing, awesome. And then after that, was like, okay, what else can I do? Oh, nothing. You know, like, there was not yeah. anything keeping people there. Did you hear similar reports, or? Um, well, you're a my, console player. I don't know if any of your friends uh, have played it. Yeah, no, my, I have a few friends that got onto it pretty quick. Um, like, my sister and her husband, they were both playing it pretty hard. And um, I don't know, what it seemed like to me is... So they had an open beta for a long time to test it out. And it would be open for like an entire weekend and you'd play through whatever new stuff they added in. And then when the game launched, it, it was like all the stuff you tested was all at once. Like it was all in there so you could do it. And then o over a course of like a week, it's just kind of like you already did it. Right. And the only people that really bought into it were people who had played the, the open beta. Okay. I mean, maybe more people than that. I shouldn't say just those people, but I mean, right. it just, people burnt out on it quick, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what the sentiment I've gathered as well. It was like, poof. Yeah, <laughs> it just, it disappeared. Everything. Yeah, it was, it was sad. Um, but the funny part is, which I was kind of bummed that I had to put this to the end of the show, really, not the beginning, because Foe just had to cut out. But the author of this article, Max, feels very much with what our previous episode was when we were talking about games that kind of felt flat. Was Max said, I experienced this with Brink. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the same game that Foe lamented over a couple episodes ago where he said many others also learned this the hard way even after No Man's Sky's initial flop. I never bought into No Man's Sky. I was hearing so much people were so buying into the hype and they got in and they were like, what? You know? like So they're saying like the whole premise of this article is like patient gamers, for patient gamers, reviews and public consensus would have steered them away from these games at, at least at the initial $60 price tag. But those who pre-ordered were left with dismay. Like, what? And I remember Phobia, like, that was his biggest downfall. Which, ironically, is our next game. Not this weekend, but next weekend. We're going to be hopping into Brink on a free-to-play Saturday. And we're going to see what Mr. Foe was talking about two episodes ago on this beloved game Brink that he was so hyped about. We're going to see like what it ended up being and seeing how we feel about it. But um, so there's also a chance that less than satisfactory games receive updates that make them much more enjoyable, such as bug fixes or content add-ons and day one purchasers would have had to wait for. So I kind of subscribe from that process. I like everybody else to get in and be the hamsters and then you know i'll see what's up what's up you know yeah because not everything is but 
you know, it's, I feel like that's the easiest way because you do hear it more so now than I think I've heard a lot of is a lot of games having a big, huge hype train and just kind of like, meh. But it seems like it's been happening when we did that episode two episodes ago. Like, it was games way back in the day all the way up to the present. We all had a story that we came across. It was kind of like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Has that ever happened to you, Goon? Have you ever bought a game where you're like, mm, I wish I didn't buy that? But you said you pretty much had all good experiences. Yeah, I've had, like I said, I've, I've played very few games. The ones I've had, I've really enjoyed. Cool. So, yeah, I would like to cover more more articles like this. I think they're kind of fun to talk about. But we are going to be moving into last call. Here we go. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can all right do you guys have any shout outs that you want to give to anyone and anything and for any reason i'm going with them <laughs> all right well i will do my usual you can come and record the podcast we record and play the games that we play and yak with us on and off in our discord um at crossrealmrebellion.com uh, we do our this show and our rated arc at this point. And um, you can join us, like I said. And you can follow the group on uh, Twitter at CRR Gaming Group. We're also on Twitter. Or, I mean, we're also on Facebook under Cross Realm Rebellion Gaming Group. And all that jazz. So thank you for following us and listening to us and all that good stuff. Leave us any reviews. You can also catch us on um if you have any feedback you want, you can find us on the Anchor app and leave us a voicemail and we can play it on the show. And you can also email us at crossrealmpodcast at gmail.com. So I think that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Good night. Bye-bye. Oh <laughs>